1: The Opinion Line on Courts 96FM. I was reading about this uh, dermatologist, uh, plastic surgery uh, uh, body sculptor, director, one of the top dogs in America, uh, Spiro Theodoro, who was speaking out over the weekend about dermal fillers, things that you inject into yourself to fill out your face. Very worried about them, This was this top doctor. In, in the USA, and then I read in the examiner that three people, in the last seven days alone, three people have had to have emergency treatment from expert doctors in Cork and Dublin in just a week after having dermal fillers injected. Two of them had been injected abroad. One of them had been injected in in Dublin. I'm joined by Dr. Patrick Tracy, who's founder of the Aylesbury Clinic um, this Dr. Tracy is highly specialised work, and it's the kind of thing that cowboys can get stuck in. Are there cowboys in this business? Good morning. Good morning. How are things,
2: PJ? Very good. Well, I, I think we got to look at this logically. We always get a blip after Christmas because a lot of the clinics are closed, and as a consequence, the hospitals often don't know how to treat these problems, and so that isn't unusual in the first sort of and second week of. Um, January, we tend to get blips. But if we were to look at this once and for all, practically, we have three main problems. What problems are being caused? Who's causing them and with what? And who is treating them? So we look first just at what problems are being caused. Two big problems with fillers. One is people injecting into arteries and as a consequence, patients' faces begin to become necrotic or rot away. The second thing is... Some fillers that have been used cause problems three and four months down the line, particularly some of the more expensive ones that people go in and think they're safe, and they sort of become attacked by the body, and they go hard. Who's causing them? It would be easy for me to say it's all mutations but to be fair to beauticians, I know that we've mounted many things with the government that they shouldn't be doing this because they don't know facial anatomy, but I get it across the board. The three that I've seen were all caused by doctors and nurses, none of them beauticians. Yeah. And who is treating them? And this is an important thing. We were the first clinic in the world to introduce hyaluronidase, uh, to reverse the problems of hyaluronic dermal fillers.
1: Yeah, well, can we talk for a second about that, Dr. Yeah. Tracy? And it's uh, sure. this this substance called hyaluronic acid. And I've read a lot sure, about but, but it.
2: Um, and It's important that I say this as well, yeah. because the patients who go to the hospitals and the hospitals aren't diagnosing them properly what's wrong and reversing them and by the time we see them it's three four days later and emergency rooms thinking it's some sort of allergy instead of realizing that it's a reaction to the filler or that it's in an artery and you know it's 20 years since we introduced hyaluronidase to the aesthetic world and we still have hospitals in Dublin and Cork that don't even have it in there.
1: That's an antidote to hyaluronic acid yeah.
2: I made a complaint a long time ago to Tony O'Brien on a public stage regarding this. This is like six, five, six years ago. And still I'm seeing patients that are turning up in hospitals. And by the time we see them three days later, their faces have rotted away. You know, and they're giving them things like steroids and antibiotics where they should be injecting hyaluronidase. It's not hard to get. Beauticians can get it from Spain. Surely to God, the HSE can get it.
1: That's an interesting one. Now, Patrick, as you as you say, because I was what well, the hy- hyaluronic acid is is one of the most commonly used uh, injections, and it's used in all these these fillers, and
2: oh, all around the world,
1: yeah. Yes. And Our I wasn't aware. For example, I wasn't yes. aware, and I've covered this story more than once. I wasn't aware there is yes. actually a, an antidote to the damage.
2: An antidote, absolutely. And I mean to think that Ireland came up with it, and Irish hospitals don't have it that, that's a disgrace within itself. But I think the main problem is the fact that aesthetic medicine has grown as a field of medicine, but it's not regulated within conventional medicine within the hospitals. So the doctors that are coming through our system aren't used to what has been used to diagnose the problems and how to treat it. That's 90% of the problem. And they end up in plastic surgery clinics and they're sent home. And let's be honest about it. I've seen many cases like this. Anyway. I suppose we're not here today to be given out to the hospitals of enough to do in terms of COVID and that, but that's one of our standing problems. Well, I think, COVID. Dr. Tracy,
1: of any of your experience and, and standing, saying very openly that there is, yes. uh, there is an antidote to the damage that hyaluronic acid can cause, there is an antidote, and it should be in every emergency room in the country, and it
2: isn't. That's right. And if I could go one stage further, and again, I don't like dragging my colleagues into something. One of our patients was told that they should go back to the private sort of system that caused this by a hospital consultant in a Dublin ER. Now, if that's the case, that would mean that if I went into the bond secure and I had a stent done, or I went into CUH later with it blocked, they would turn around and say, well, well, you should go back to where you got it done and they'll unblock it for you. Because it's the same thing. It's an embolus or a thrombus going into an artery causing tissue damage down the line. There's no difference in getting a heart attack and somebody injecting dermal fillers into your artery in your face. The tissue downstream is going to rot away, but it's just we have a simple antidote that should be used. Wow. You know, that's easy to get, and mean um, every clinic in the country will have it in their armory before they even inject people. But anyway, as I say, we're not here to be given well, No, no, I,
1: I know that, but I, I'm very glad that you have raised this because <laughs> I consider every day that I start this program, and I like to think some of my listeners feel the same. Every day is a day you can learn something. And said, I think I've, I've the- certainly learned something in the past four minutes, Dr. Tracy.
2: <laughs> okay, well, that is nice in itself in a way. Now, I'm going out to Paris in a few hours with the World Congress there. And we're going to be discussing this um, problem. And it's not just Irish hospitals. We've seen a patient from Germany recently that was four weeks down the line with their face uh, rotted away, let's say. And um, they had been in a hospital for one week under a professor of surgery. In a town in Germany, I don't want to identify it. Then they were uh, admitted to a military hospital underneath the professor of dermatology. None of them use hyaluronidase. And one of them, when they were cautioned later by one of my colleagues in Germany, why didn't you use it? Oh, we know that it's there, but we didn't know what um, uh, um, doses to use. Right. So, I mean, holding on to patients instead of referring them down the line, so it's not just an Irish problem. It yeah. happens in England as well, you know, yeah. it happens in mm-hmm. Germany, and it's, it's, it's about time, really, that um, the hospitals recognize the fact that sort of, you know, patients can be easily reversed with an antidote, and that they're sitting in waiting rooms for maybe seven hours to be seen, and mm-hmm. anyway. And one can
1: imagine that someone inside an emergency department at 1 o'clock in the morning, a person there with a swollen face or whatever, they they, they may be...
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
1: They may say, right, well, what if we're wrong injecting this stuff? Will it, will, is, will it do any harm if you inject it wrong?" No,
2: I think it's fair to say it'll not do any harm. And I mean, I've had three instances over the last couple of years, two from Dublin and one from Cork, to be fair, where the nurses realized what is happening and actually phoned us to deal with it. And um, we were able to contact somebody in Cork who was another colleague who, instead of driving all the way to Cork, and um, but it's happening everywhere, and the thing is, it's such a simple, I suppose, antidote to use. But um, look at the patients we've seen from Cork and uh, from Albania and Paris weren't vascular occlusions; they were actually a particular product. I do want to mention near one okay. that's sort of is going solid in patients' faces down the line, and a lot of the top clinics in Ireland are using this product. We all know what it is. It's, I, I wouldn't want to go so far to say it should be withdrawn off the market, but um, it certainly is causing major problems worldwide. And as a consequence, we don't know whether it's a contaminated product, infection, I hit okay. to say that because it's a possibility, or whether it's an inflammatory reaction when it breaks down in the skin. Okay. But it is causing problems. And um, there's three or four companies that have okay. similar problems, and that's the patients we're seeing okay. because we've introduced and in, uh, inject intralesional steroids and hyaluronidase into these faces. And because it's highly specialized, if you use too much steroids, you can cause dermal atrophy or lipoatrophy where actually you can destroy the skin. Oh so we've worked a combination that I suppose we tell at a world lecture, and that's why we end up dealing with a lot of these problems worldwide.
1: Can I ask you, lastly, I, I read yeah. in the paper that uh, the Health Product Regulatory Authority and the Department of Health are now talking to each other about possible regulation uh, in this area. Uh, is your All expertise it, being called into <clears> these discussions?
2: And it never is, and this is half the problem. And You know, in the government, we, we, we run, uh, I suppose, a cultural association with Britain that has the lowest standards of regulation in the world. I mean, um, they let anybody do anything and people say because they're in such financial difficulty that they're sort of making from VAT, and they don't want to introduce a bit like cigarettes years ago. That's the talk on the street. We don't know. But certainly the British governments have never faced up to the problem that they're creating worldwide. And as a consequence, we have people like nail varnish technicians here, beauticians going over to Liverpool usually for a one day course, often given free flights to go there and come back to Ireland and injecting Patients it takes a doctor five to six years of going to med school, and two of those years is learning anatomy and neuroanatomy, and they can learn it in half an hour. What a wonderful world we live in! Yeah. And
1: and and very very finally, if somebody is considering a treatment for their face, what should they do first for them so they know where they're going?
2: Well, I think if anybody has a medical qualification in Ireland, dentists and doctors and nurses are allowed to inject. So I think we should remain at that. The problem, to be honest, PG, is also that some of these top clinics are using a product that certainly is causing problems in patients three or four months down the line. So they could be still going to one of the best places and just getting a product that I certainly wouldn't use and that I've had to deal with on maybe 20, 30, maybe 40 occasions to take it back out of patients' faces. So um, look, at the market is out there and people will always... Go to whatever level they can go, and um, if it means they're going somewhere cheaper. You know, we've been preaching this mantra for for years with very little sort of results, either from patients wanting to move to, I suppose, regulated clinics or the government even willing to sort of come in. We had a a big uh, thing only about two or three months ago where we actually wrote to the government. To Leo at the time and um, your own Cork sort of um, TDs, Michael McGrath was... Told were personal letters, but nothing was ever done.
1: Okay, I leave it with there with you there, Dr. Patrick Trace from the Ellsbury Clinic in Dublin and Cork. Thank you very much. What I might get you to do is give that name of that product that you quite respectfully aren't naming on air. I understand that. Give it to my colleagues so I would probably recognise it. I'd appreciate that. And thank you very much for your time this morning. Corks ninety six FM.
0: Planning for your next trip.